Well, hey there, everybody. Um, we're here for another Walkabout Talkabout, this time with a, a few of the team from Polyarch, the makers of Moss and Moss 2. So we're going to kick this off like always. Um, I'm going to go ahead and take a hit, and uh, we'll all just introduce ourselves. So I'm Lucas Martell. I'm the creator of Walkabout Mini Golf. And uh, yeah, I haven't played this course in a while. It's, it's, I always like these just because it's an excuse to kind of go back to a few of the earlier ones. So, But yeah, I'll hand it over. Why don't you guys? Yeah, Barton, go for it. For sure. Um, I'm Barton. I'm a uh, principal designer at Polyarch and uh, was one of the designers that helped make a lot of the early levels and kind of the end levels in uh, Moss Book 2. Um, yeah, could take a shot here. Uh, this guy's a pro. Nice. Solid shot. Great course. <clears throat> hello, hello. Uh, I am Danny Bulla. I'm one of the co-founders of Polyarch. And uh, Moss 1, I was doing more creative direction. On Moss 2, I just got to help out on the boss fights and level design there. So um, did a little bit of everything. Now I'm learning how to putt. <laughs> Get the turn. Nice. Good. With that. Good shot. Good shot. Nice. Hey everybody, I'm Chris Barossa, I'm a design director at Polyarch. I helped out on Moss Book 1 and Book 2 with levels, character combat, and some AI work. Now the pressure's on, not everybody made the, the turn. What's well, too hard? Oh, oh, nah. oh, oh. Nice. Nice. risky, but bold, like it. <laughs> awesome, old drama. Well, yeah, so... I guess one of the, I mean, one of the first questions that I'm kind of curious about is just sort of like, so Moss, especially the first one, like that came out, actually, Moss came even before the quest, didn't it? Was that out? Yeah, PSVR. Or, okay. Oh, that's yeah, right, because you were in PSVR 1. So, yeah, so yeah. you had been, you guys had done that quite a bit before um, the quest came out then. Was there a, yeah, think... um, go ahead. I was just going to say, I think we were prototyping it around, starting prototype mods around 2015. Uh, oh, wow. Okay. Maybe. And then, like, really starting to get going in 2016-ish. So it was pretty early. We were we were still using uh, the um, the DK, DK2, I think, at the time. So did you, I'm curious, then. Did you actually design it? Because, like, one of the things that I love is that it's, a, I mean, it's fairly traditional in the sense of sort of like it's the controls of a fairly traditional platformer. 3D platformer, but you did integrate a lot of the a great sort of like adding VR and adding sort of like the hand mm -hmm. controls. So was that something that you were was that in there from the beginning, or did the PS VR one version not have some of that extra stuff? Yeah, actually, one of our engineers uh, prototyped together. They took a PSI camera and a and a, mm -hmm. uh, I believe it was the Oculus camera at the time. Was it the Oculus camera? Because that wasn't being tracked. But anyways, he attached the PSI, and so we were using a combination of the nunchucks uh, from the PlayStation and using the PSI mm -hmm. without any camera on the Oculus side yet, because that's true, it wasn't tracking yet. And so basically, okay. he put it together, and so we were using uh, like a PlayStation Move controllers with mm -hmm. the nunchuck that is no longer there. So we had the joystick in the left hand, and we were using a PS Move in the right hand, and doing very, okay. very primitive uh, interactions and prototyping until the touch controllers came out. And that's sort of when we were okay. able to like launch off. But yeah, so it was pretty uh, pretty janky early on, but um, it allowed us <laughs> to start feeling what it was like to sort of move into the 
uh, world with your hands and stuff. It was kind of trippy at that time. Yeah, I, re- I remember. I know I've said that before, so I won't like, totally reiterate this story, but I remember that very first time that I picked up the hand controllers, and I, at first I really thought, like, oh, the hand controllers are going to be such a gimmick and not realizing just, like, how much immersion that, like, it, th- to me it's just as much as the, the actual headset to it. So, um, but, yeah, oh, that's agreed. super cool, though, to know that, that you were, yeah, that you were really, hey, not bad for left-handed. What a <laughs> That was great. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, that you guys MBS were, like, shot. was there any... Was there any worry about that, or at that point, did you already know that sort of like, oh no, the hand stuff will be ready in time for us to launch? That that you knew that it was going to be there. It was just a matter of like you were kind of out ahead of it a bit. Yeah, well, we you know at the time we were in uh, at the co-founders and I were working at Bungie and we were in Bellevue and we had friends at Valve and at uh, mm-hmm. as well at Oculus. So we were starting to see the early versions of uh, physical interaction with the Vive controllers. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I'd say personally for me, that's like what launched me into wanting to start working in VR is because of the physical input, which, you know, mm-hmm. if you believe that games are a function of input, then like for me, I was just really excited because like think of all the new games that we could make with, with this new form mm-hmm. of input, similar to touch on the phone, right? It just kind of opened up a lot in different genres. So I think right, that was yeah. actually something we were really excited about more than scared or not scared, but like worried that it wouldn't, you know, catch on. Mm-hmm. So I know you mentioned that you were working at Bungie. I'm also just uh, a lot of folks watching these are kind of getting into the industry, getting into VR or just games in general. I'm kind of curious, did you guys all come from Bungie or from the more of that AAA world or how did you get into the games and VR just in general? Um, Yeah, Barton, uh, you want to take that one? Sure, I'll kick it off. Uh, We all kind of we all worked uh, at Rockstar Games for a while. Uh, These two worked there together and then. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then I worked there after them, and then Danny and I both worked at Bungie uh, separately <laughs> at different times. So yeah, I think basically all AAA background. Okay. Yeah, I'm the I'm the not Bungie. Uh, I'm the not Bungie one of the group. Uh, I went after after Rockstar. I went and tried a, a couple other startups, and then bounced around a little bit before Danny gave me a call. Mm-hmm. How did you say guys some of the find... studio is the studio is probably okay. around. I think the Moss team was probably, you know, eight to nine, ten people or so were all from Bungie, the original Moss One team, okay. um, with a few from like Bioware and a couple others that joined up. Now we're a lot more spread, but early on it was a pretty high density of Bungie okay. um, people that we met. <laughs> yeah, I mean that, yeah, you're going to work with the people that you want to work with, it especially because how big was the, the team for the first Moss game? Um, including 16? like our operations, 12. 12 to 13, okay. and then 12. I would say three of them were developers by trade, uh, but became developers because they had to wear multiple hats. Um, right, yeah. Lincoln Lincoln being one of them, uh, I think you've met. Mm-hmm. Can I just launch this over? I think we're going to go. I don't think you're going to make there's, that. You'll you make possible. it. I mean, if, if you believe, heart of the cards. Yeah, Some YOLO. Heart of the cards. Woo! Oh. I mean, you got over <laughs> idea. <laughs> you did get over. Yeah. So I'm curious how you guys found that transition coming from AAA into more of, I mean, not only VR, but also more of an indie space. Like, had you worked on smaller projects before? Or what was what was that transition like? Just because VR is notoriously kind of very small teams in indie development. Yeah, yeah, it is. Uh, I think probably we all have our own um sort of experiences with the transition. Uh, I think, for instance, um, I know Barton was looking for a, a smaller team, um, mm-hmm. which is sort of how him and I got started talking. 
Um, and then I know for us, starting the, like us co-founders, is I think we just sort of wanted to um, have a little bit uh, more expression, a little less scale, so that things were, we, were, we mm -hmm. could be a little bit more nimble in general with our development, which is just something that isn't um, really the, the AAA scale games don't really afford that these days. Right. Um, mm -hmm. And so that transition was nice. It was harder to come to a smaller team, but it was so much more fulfilling relative to that. Mm -hmm like in a different way, because now you're getting to do a lot more. You're getting to grow and do things that when you're in a larger scale, there's just, you know, maybe not time or resources for you to be sort of more spread like that. You need to be honed in on the thing that you're working on. So um, I like that exactly. part about the experience. Um, yeah, yeah, I don't know, Barasa, that, how it's that, been for you. The specialization uh, stuff's pretty huge, but yeah. Yeah, yeah I getting getting out of Rockstar, I wanted, you know, smaller team stuff and, and did that for a little bit. and as indie studios can do eventually you know the the runway and ran out and kind of went back to uh looking for somewhat of a bigger studio and that's when you know danny told me to that you know polyarch was getting going and at the time it wasn't it wasn't right but you know i started looking around the seattle area just because the, the plan was always eventually get up here and and be able to hopefully join up so went to mm -hmm. a couple bigger studios around here and and Worked with them for a few years, and and then was able to get back to you know smaller to mid-sized team, and I think that's where a lot of the fun is, at least for me. So I'm curious, do you guys feel that the no, is it more no. of the scale that you're working at now, or does does working in VR for you guys again? It's for those who haven't played Moss, it's got some very specific things that are very VR, but Get in. it still functions more like a regular traditional 3D platformer than a lot of other games. So do you guys find that yeah. you're, that you're, has VR changed much in how you're working? Um, yeah. I, yeah. you know, it's interesting. I'm glad that you pick up on, uh, like, I like, I like to talk about it as sort of, we tried to make Moss a bridge between console games mm -hmm. and VR. Like if you were comfortable with console, but really weren't ready to jump full into like the full immersive VR experience that, that's yeah. sort of what we were trying to create this bridge for people that, you know, um, haven't really done. Maybe they have, I mean, they're not playing the console games as much because of the dual sticks. And now they, you know, mm -hmm. now that it's physical, it's a lot more intuitive. So anyways, I'm, I'm glad that you, you picked up on that. And I think w we found that we really like that. Like VR is still in its, in its, in its infancy and we want to help, you know, nurture it and foster it. And I think like being able to guide people from things that they're used to into this new medium is uh, you know, if we can do that with our games, that's awesome because that's going to help basically nurture the industry and the medium too. So it's definitely, definitely on purpose, and I think we just keep pushing on that. I'll take my mm -hmm. shot. Someone else can talk. <laughs> yeah, uh, big thing that's changed between that is like player comfort. Um, there's like a, a much Danny. bigger focus on making sure oh, that people most. aren't getting sick, and that yeah. we're um, we're giving them environments that aren't feeling too claustrophobic, um, things like that, which which is definitely different from AAA space or like big games in general, big action games. Mm -hmm. um, also going to take my shot. <laughs> yeah, the, so, something that was, uh, oh, sorry, just oh, to, no, on that. And, and what Danny was saying is, you know, in, in part of being the bridge, uh, you know, Danny, when we had joined, one of the things that he sold me on was that Moss and like early VR is kind of a way to like pick the people up that like gaming kind of left behind. Right, mm -hmm. is because we we hit the like, I mean after sixty four like Nintendo sixty four and kind of we got into like dual stick there with like the C buttons and then all of a sudden PlayStation yeah. one PlayStation two and then you had like seventeen buttons on a controller and then there were people that mm -hmm. liked games. My mom liked games and couldn't do it, but she's beaten Moss, 
And it's like, yeah. so we were able to kind of like bring people back into something new by, you know, it can be a little more simple because the medium is so new. So it's like fresh again. It's funny that you mentioned that because I actually have, I'm kind of that same thing where just, I didn't grow up. I never had a console growing up. So I never got super comfortable with just sort of like the, the dual stick. And yeah. especially like I can do platformers okay, but once it becomes like true third person, like and you're controlling I the just, camera and the movement, yeah. Exactly, my, my, I just never learned that. I can do like WASD just fine, but like if you actually, mm -hmm. I remember I was trying to play Last of Us and I literally couldn't get to the first hour of the game. Just I like, just on, even on easy mode, I just died because I just didn't have that. The, yeah. the thumbstick, it's, like, it's, like, it's I don't it's have. It's dexterous yeah. coordination, that's hard, yeah. Mm -hmm. It's yeah. really hard to train too. Like I, I know a lot of people that are like want to play these games. And, like, for example, my dad wants to play first-person shooters, and you know, just can't get the dual stick action down. And it's it's challenging mm -hmm. to train that. So this is a good medium. You know, he enjoys being in VR too. Yeah, but I was also going to add, but you hit it on the head. I had zero problems with Moss or Moss Two. I think the only issue that I'd ever had at one point was just that. I had to set, I think it was Moss 1 that I got like halfway through and then I had to set it down for a little while. And then when I got back in, I had to just like, oh wait, how do I do a couple of the mechanics <laughs> things? But yeah, I, that's, yeah. Just games in, that's just games in general, unless yeah. it's ultra, ultra mm -hmm. simple like this. But yeah, it's always a... I mean, yeah, yeah I like even this, I had to remember how to just very quickly, the curve was, it's like, okay, how do I turn? How do I teleport? But, right, uh, yeah. you know, that ramp of getting in is great. I, I would actually say this is a perfect, this, this game's... Uh, has a, the similar properties that Moss does that allows you to come and sort of be tranquil in it and hang out. Um, I think you guys are leaning on social presence, which is another great, great property of the VR medium that other mediums don't really have. Um, and whereas Moss, we sort of leaned into the character presence um, right. with the with the companion and stuff. And I think in general, it's like two of the, from the same thread, right? We're both looking at this medium that like really empowers presence. Yeah, um, and and creating an experience around it, which is great. Yeah, so I'm actually kind of curious about the 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 character stuff, and one of the things that I think you guys nailed is something that not a lot of people think because VR think like, oh, I want to be in a place, but there's also something that just VR looks really really nice when you've got a lot of little things. Like for us in God mode, when just everything is small and it's all right in front oh, yeah. of you, VR just works so freaking well. Maybe it's just that you've got more resolution and you've got better depth perception was that close but did like how it. was that something was that something that you guys 100%. were kind of building in from the beginning yep that was uh i think that was sort of what pushed our art direction forward um which mm -hmm. is that feeling that we had in those early uh valve demos and oculus demos where you could look in on the small villagers um there was a couple early demos of that that you know, alongside it being a little bit easier and cheaper on a production side, if we're making smaller mm -hmm. things and not grand large things, uh, mm -hmm. it also really felt great and powerful in the medium. And so we sort of had that constraint going in that we wanted to look down on small things and do something small scale and sort of was yeah. an option between aliens, toys or rodents. And we all sort of resonated <laughs> with rodents at the time. Um, and so that it was that was, that played a big part, right? I think everything about Moss was medium uh, first and then and then mm -hmm. out from there. I know, I want to see so it's not like you were Moss. ever necessarily thinking of it like <laughs> Moss was always VR designed from the get-go for VR. It's not like there was ever a 2D or a, a pancake version of that that ported over. It was always designed mm. from the ground up. Yeah, from from the get-go, that's how we kind of started. We wanted to design from the from the medium up. In fact, we were at a, we were at coffee like moving 
uh, you know, coffee cups around with our hands like they were blocks and, and playing like a physical Zelda game while we were trying to imagine mm-hmm. it. I mean, In that fact, I also... Even uh, I was going to say, just to, just to that point, one of, you know, Polyarch's studio uh, principles is why VR, right? Like, that's when, whenever we're having conversations about things, it's, nice a, it's, a, it's a great, it's a great razor to, you know, ask is like, why, why are we doing this? Why is this in VR, right? And if you're going to, if you're going to make something on this Jesus. medium, you know, porting, porting kind of from like a pancake game over, while well, there are totally games that I've played that are, are fun like that without that, mm-hmm. like, extra bit that makes it like in VR it's like why not just play on my couch with my 360 controller right like yeah so it's that little extra mm-hmm. one of the other things that you had mentioned that you know player comfort being a big part of that was that you know you guys design it kind of like an old school game where there rather than it being scrolling that you were moving around it's sort of like it's individual screens and like little tableaus that you're going mm-hmm. between like was that how quickly did you find that like design idea in the process uh cool good man it's a lot to both <laughs> or was that, interview or was that and another one that was just sort of <laughs> no that was a uh, that was that was fortunately we had that um that earlier prototype with the dk2 camera and the playstation i camera that i was talking about yeah. earlier um and we i was playing around in unreal um and because we were doing Zelda, like like Moss was sort of like, hey, what if we, you know, that like log line was like, what if we took Zelda um, and allowed you to move the things around instead of mm-hmm. like moving, pushing the blocks around. So it's very, very simple, very, very simple. And uh, hold on, let me make this shot. Pressure's on. Pressure's Bang. on. All right. Nice. That's a good sign nice for shot. my answer. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so... The first thing that one of the things that sorry I'm in your face the designer brain oh, no, and me fine. said is like how are we going to move from well how are we going to do the screen wipe like because yeah. like, you know Zelda has that because you you called out the the classic simple you know on the design team we try to look back to the Super Nintendo Nintendo Sega Genesis era where this where there was a new medium and the games were very mm-hmm. simple and had simple input mm-hmm. and so um, that was a that was a big part of it early on was going back and thinking about the simplistic retro games taking those things and so one of those was the classic like you pointed out the uh the screen wipe and so we know we needed some way to move the player around the world comfortably um and so we just mm-hmm. tried the fade in fade out and then sure yeah. enough that worked we like tuned the timings and stuff but you know and then shortly after that we we're like what if we played a page turn you know as you did it depending on the direction that you were going and um, that's that kept the player immersed even when the screen was faded and so just trying to do these things and i think that's a big sort of overarching thing about um VR development, it's like you're saying there's some new people listening, a lot of the same things that uh, players and developers had to do in, in, in game development still stand true in VR. You mm-hmm. just have to solve the problems a little differently, but you're still solving yeah. basically the same problems. Um, it's just in a different form of input, which causes you have to not be able to like copy one thing from the other. And that just adds a little more problem solving to it, yeah. um, which I think makes it really interesting for us as developers. So how did that process change much, if at all, for... Who can do that? Uh, that's a little, huh. little scrap. <laughs> uh, how much did that process change or the team change or what was, like, going to Moss 2? Like, yeah, I'm just kind of curious how, yeah, how, the, how the process changed. The process uh, did change. You want to start, Martin, yeah. about that? I think yeah, yeah, I, I can. I, as, as somebody who got brought in for... From us too, the big thing was team size increased quite a bit. Um, we like doubled the team size, right? Is that right? 
Yeah. Got up to 20-ish, like I think. Um, 20, 22, yeah. from 12. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. So pretty big team increase. And then, um, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, beyond that, I don't actually know. So, Danny, you could take over Barasa. Hey. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know who the, shot is. I mean, yeah, I think it's yours. Um, it's I think one of the, you know, the biggest things is we finished Moss 1 and... You know, Moss One was a, a a compact experience. It was it was good. So you know, the first thing we we kind of sat down and wow, you did it! Nice shot. Um, was like people want more, right? Like the biggest the biggest feedback we got on Moss One was we just we just want more. So mm-hmm. it was immediately like how do, how are we gonna make you know more rooms? You know, we tripled the amount of weapons in the game. Uh, so like we just kind of jumped right into like let's prototype weapons let's figure out all the stuff how do we you know get more areas and environments and you know the backtracking was one of the the big things that we kind of didn't have in moss one that we really wanted um to to kind of put together uh was that because that that's like if you want that zelda feel right like you backtrack in a dungeon you go back through you come back through with new tools yeah. and it's that thing that you saw that you're like oh now it's the time to do it right and that was you know something that the team felt and and we you know people talked about was lacking in moss one and that was you know i feel like we did a really good job hitting that in moss two is that with the new abilities and, and powers you're able to come back through yeah. and play the same level or room differently now that like you've opened it up so it feels like you're you're mastering the room as you as as cool progresses yeah, and um, so I'm also kind of curious. So you said that you pretty much rolled straight from Moss 1 into Moss 2. So I know you did the, was it Twilight Gardens? Was that the name no. of the mm-hmm. expansion pack? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's but, when we really embraced guys... the quest. That okay. was like the quest launch, yeah. So, but you guys really sort of like rolled sort of like straight over into that? Oh, yes. I'll take it. Um, wow, nice. But so, yeah, at what point did you end up sort of like uh, both scaling up the team? But then I'll, I guess I'm also just kind of curious if sort of like uh, if you were working on other projects sort of alongside that or if it's if it's really been sort of like Moss and then laser focused Moss 2 from there on. Oh, come on, come on. Uh, it uh, has not been. I mean, in general, I think Moss has been uh, the game that we've been working on that has been you know, out to the players, but in, internally as a studio, and this is another thing that uh, was important to us is oof, that we um, have multiple projects. Sort of, we see that as like a vital thing for the studio's success is to have multiple different mm-hmm. projects, including IPs that other, um, you know, other different players will enjoy, other different developers will enjoy. I think it can get really mm-hmm. kind of stagnant if you're just working on the same IP or the same game as a developer, even if you love that yeah. game. Um, and so just inherently, we've been actively trying to um, explore things, look towards the future of, um, nice. you know, immersive tech. Um, so while we do have a team working on Moss, we have other teams that are sort of looking at concepts, maybe taking a break from uh, like full production schedule and sort of just doing some R&D to catch a breather or working on yeah. getting um, some of the projects we've already made onto other platforms. Um, mm-hmm. So we have a team, you know, that that does work on Moss, or there is was a team working on Moss, and then we have other teams that sort of look towards other things um, that we think is both important for the medium and also for our studio in general. So you were talking a little bit about just the design side, especially with Moss Two, and sort of like the that ability to pass back through. I'm kind of curious how you guys 
break that up, but also sort of like one of the nicest things that I felt working on uh, Walkabout is that each hole sort of stands on its own. And even a course, like it just breaks down into really nice little chunks that they, you know, you don't want to mm-hmm. put two holes that are similar next to each other. But in general, mm-hmm. it's a, it's just super bite size and it makes the design process a lot easier. How, how much challenge does that interconnectness and also like, having a, the story that has to make sense and the world needs to sort of all fit together. How much does that sort of more meta approach add to the design process? A lot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a lot. Yeah, I mean, I, mean, I think, we you have, know, uh, I was gonna say, you know, one of, one of the biggest things that we had with uh, Moss 2 and teaching mechanics, and I mean, you do a great job in Walkabout with it as well as, you know, while you don't have two holes that are this similar, uh, I think it's Quixote that you introduced really like the wind mechanic. And right, it's yeah. like the next two, three holes are all like the solution, right? Because mini golf is a puzzle at the end of the day. Yeah. And it's like the, the solution is all wind related, right? And then you start mm-hmm. sprinkling, you don't see it for a little bit. It starts showing up uh, like in 20,000 leagues, like it shows up again. It's like, oh, right, I learned this mechanic and now that, that puzzle mechanic's back. And so. With, mm-hmm. with Moss 2, we did a lot of, and even it started in Twilight Garden because that was when we introduced Quill's, like, first time the ability to give her, like, that special charge that, you know, the you reach in and she can shoot her sword. So it's like, mm-hmm. how do we start building puzzles using this mechanic? And then with Moss 2, dungeon, or the, yeah, the, the dungeons were kind of, again, very Zelda style. You get the bow in Zelda. It's like, well, now every puzzle is bow related, right? And it's like, I know... I don't know the answer, but th- mm-hmm. this is the key. I just don't know where to put it yet, right? And so we, we did yeah. that a lot in Moss 2. Is like, how do we teach you these mechanics? And then it's like, okay, we can put that mechanic in our back pocket for later in the game. And it's like, hey, do you remember how to use this? Because here it is again, right? And now it's in combination with another one. Yeah. Think, like, can you put it together? And how much are you able to design either on paper or just like before you actually gray box stuff for things like that? Or do you... Is it a lot of like gray boxing and then just ripping it apart and rebuilding uh-huh. it? We, we actually had a huge map that um, the design director built and we utilized that to kind of like make sure that we have all the kind of pieces and stuff in each of the mm-hmm. rooms and we can look at that beforehand before we really get deep into the actual level design. There's a lot mm-hmm. of gray boxing of that stuff kind of in that process and that map certainly changed quite a bit, but um, I feel like that's oh. kind of, you know, after the initial experimentation and prototyping, I think that's that's was kind of our gold star or north star uh, for okay. um, getting through everything and making sure everything worked and was well connected and that we still had opportunities for the player in each room to go back and, well, not, not necessarily each room, but to go back and use uh, the abilities that they gained, um, you know, later on in the in the game. Gotcha. So you you basically you had each of the mechanics sort of like prototyped on their own, and then went back and on paper or just sort of like a big design mm-hmm. that really just sort of like figured out how to use those. And did you? I'm one of the things that we always run into is sort of like something that that is a really cool design idea, but isn't necessarily fun or just doesn't work as well as you thought. Were there any sort of like? abandoned ideas or things like that that you were really trying to get oh, yeah. in there that just didn't work quite oh, as well yeah. as you had hoped? Oh, yeah. There's one there's uh, enemy, and fight. I think this was... Yeah, yeah. there's a whole <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah. Hi, man. Uh, 
As, I, as a... I tank the shot, all of a sudden the conservatory falls. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, we, there's been a lot of stuff that's changed. I think there was this enemy that we had in, called a shielder. I think Rick's posted some Twitter animation on Twitter, some animations of it that it was just like, this is okay, but it's not really fun. Um, and like we have, we have a handful of stuff. Some stuff, some sometimes it looks really cool, but it's like hard to read and hard to use, like communicate. So, I think that is part of it. And we sort of try to embrace. I'm just gonna go. Oh my gosh! I've just tapped, tapped, it. It. tapped it. Tapped it. We are gonna work Don't on a to... way that we could basically give you a little mulligan on that, but not mulligan. Not, yeah. not this one. Not, not yet. Today. No. Uh, no, that's okay. I, uh, we knew it was that coming. That would be a nice feature, <laughs> Danny. It's all right. You were just trying to not make me look bad. I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's a uh, you know, there's stuff that goes that comes and goes. I think that's a big part of our sort of philosophy of Polyarch too is like it's okay. You need to iterate to find fun things. You're gonna spend some time on stuff. And it might not keep going, but you've learned a lot while doing that. And you've learned, you know, what is what was good about it? Like, what did we like? Oh, we really like that sound effect when you hit that enemy. Okay, let's hold that. But maybe the actual mechanics of the enemy isn't fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and we, like, really try to embrace that iterative process, which is another benefit of a smaller team. Um, and, and, like, try to take the learnings from that and, like, focus in on the learnings and the positives that we got from that iteration. Yeah. Um, and like just set the expectations hey guys we might throw away work like that's part of it because we're trying yeah. to discover and we're trying to find yeah. fun we're going to get a little dirty um but it also implies that you need to play test a lot and so that was something else that we did too it's also oh I mean, totally yeah the throwing i was gonna say the throwing away is also kind of fun because i'm just like i'm running through my head of everything that between moss one and moss two i've seen get cut um mm-hmm. and it's like the building of it was still really fun you know like danny mm-hmm. said the Knowing what not to do is just as good as knowing what to do, right? You're one step closer. Oh, yeah. So it's like yeah, we, yeah. we got to play it. Um, you know, there was something for Twilight Garden that we were going to do is that you could actually, like, Quill was going to have, like, kind of races. And we had the idea that, you know, something would encourage Quill to hit checkpoints and run around and do all these races. And mm-hmm. we built that out. And for a bunch of reasons, we didn't ship with it. But it was fun to build. And, you know, yeah. we played around with it and people like, hey, we're racing and we had fun. And then just at the end of the day, like, it's fun, but it's like, you got to cost out everything else. And it's like, it's just not worth it. But maybe it could come back someday. Right? We've yeah. tried it out. Yeah. We pretty much do it. a good point, too, is that a lot of that stuff that we cut, like, something came out of it and we probably reused it elsewhere. You know, we learned yeah. something from mm-hmm. that that was... And potentially 100%. even took like directly took assets from it or you know logic that we created yeah. and, and used it to build something else. Yeah. Well, and it sounds like a lot of that also comes down to is like pulling something out in that gray box phase is not that painful. It's if you've hopefully you just exactly. like, it sounds like you were in general you were able to sort of like note that and maybe that's also one of the benefits of a smaller studio. There's more people are able to play test something that gray box state <sighs> way in, and if it's really not working, you can cut it as opposed to it just sort of hanging around and getting a ton of a ton of actual like final art put to it because that's when it really starts to hurt a lot more yeah definitely and and i think the biggest thing that really changed while it touched everything in the game it was sort of just in production what we prioritized when it came to player feedback Mm -hmm. with quill it was just Mm -hmm. like everything if it had to do with quill that became the first thing that we needed to do and prioritize as like gameplay mechanics and as story beats and as like narrative situations that we put in we already sort of had you know, really early on, and it's changed a bunch, but like lightly, it's still there. Big Broadstokes. We had a storyboard of like what we thought, um, you know, like the 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 story arc of what 
Quill's adventure was going to be. We sort of already had mm-hmm. some elements of that sort of storyboarded out before we even, mm-hmm. you know, started working on production. So it was still within the same sort of narrative that we had planned, narrative arc, where, you know, we were pushing Hero's journey with Quill. Um, so we just, you know, it, all it did was make sure that we leaned more into Quill during production and made sure that we focused on mechanics that sort of strengthened your bond with Quill more so than like made you look somewhere else or took you away from that. It was just really like embracing all aspects, whether it's story, art or audio and animation. It was just like, do we make a bunch of enemy animations? No, let's make more Quill animations, you know, like sort of that was mm-hmm. that really fed into it after we saw how much players reacted strongly to Quill um, in it. So yeah. it, it did affect everything. And we did have the time. Well, it's relative to say we had the time, but we, <laughs> we were able to like come out with what we needed to given that, given the time we had after we discovered that. Gotcha. The yeah. the reaction pass for Quill, I think that was pretty huge to make exactly. feel like yep. like really alive and really you know bond with the player. Are you talking about sort of like the little animations, like the victory animations, basically? Yeah, little high fives and all that kind of mm-hmm. stuff. Or yeah, hints, hints the, if you're if you're things. in a room too long. Oh, sorry, to, sorry, but like if you're in if no, you're no, in a puzzle too long, she'll try to like gesture, be like, "Hey, over here," or something like that, oh, to yeah. really make it feel like you know she's along, like she's trying to help you too. Hmm. Totally. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. Well, thank you guys for yeah for joining and playing around. It's great to yeah I love just talking to other developers and finding out their process and everything. Yeah, this is great. Um, is there, any, no, is there anything else that you want to add or anything else that you want to plug? Moss Moss 2 on pretty much all VR platforms? Anything Yeah, anything else you want to plug? Yeah, we've got, we've got Moss VR 2. Oh, sorry, I'm mixing them. I'm merging them. Moss Book 2 on <laughs> PSVR 2. Uh, at the end of this month, it's actually both Moss 1 and Moss 2, so if you haven't played either of them, it's a, it's a good opportunity to jump in. Um, we're really excited about the PSVR 2 Um headset it's it's really exciting um mm-hmm. i think just follow our twitters polyarch games um and i do have one more uh i guess piece of feedback for you guys in walkabout i think oh, yeah. the find your lost ball or find the ball mechanic is the coolest thing and it brings me <laughs> right back to my childhood because i grew up next to a golf yeah. ball course or a golfing course and i would go and hunt the balls and sell them back to the golfers so you're triggering <laughs> yep. like inner 10 year old danny here by trying to find all these little balls the, the hustle and I oh, yeah. my magic cards. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I They're I never fun. expected that that was going to be as big of a thing as it was. It felt like a good uh, way to get people to you've got we've had these big environments that we just wanted to encourage people to right. explore was really the the idea. Even the Fox yeah. Hunts came out of that same idea just sort of like we've got the space. Like why don't we use it for more yeah. than just mini golf? So cool. Well, yeah. Well, thank you guys again for joining and uh everybody for watching. We'll see you next time. See ya. Thanks Lucas. This yeah, was thank great. Thank you.